Welcome into the Diamond Vols podcast. I'm Ben McKee, joined as always by Eric Kane. Here to preview the SEC tournament. One of my favorite weeks. It has finally arrived, Eric Kane. Yeah, it's here. And uh, you're officially kicking off uh, a new season. You're turning the page. And it's very exciting. It's also, uh, if you're a Tennessee fan, I'm sure the anxiety is through the roof right now because it's kind of not this weekend necessarily, but uh, it's put up or shut up time. And uh, it's what you play for all year. But um, looking forward to hopefully getting some good baseball in Hoover this weekend. I know rain is definitely a factor, uh, but looking forward to what this weekend or what this week rather has in store, hopefully for Tennessee. I am in full conference tournament mode. Just wrote. A story on Josh Elander that is up front on VolQuest.com. Encourage you to go check that out. Coach Elander was nice enough to let me sit down with him in Starkville this past weekend and pick his brain about how he helped Tennessee get to the point that it is now. Uh, the early days of recruiting, telling me flat out that uh, when he first got to Tennessee, they would ask a high school coach to have a player call them and they just would never get a phone call. They couldn't even get particular guys on the phone. Uh, there, there's some great quotes in there from Tony Vitello as well on Josh Elander. So really wanted to sit down and, and write a story about the guy that is most important to this program that nobody knows anything about. Everybody knows the Frank Anderson story. Everybody's very familiar with Tony Vitello. Obviously, I, I feel like we've done a good job of, of telling the players' stories as well. Uh, throughout the season, but Josh Elander, this this top tier assistant coach in college baseball, who is going to be a head coach at some point, uh, who had to fill in as a head coach at some point this season. Nobody knows anything about him and what he does. So I, I wrote a story on that. It's on the front of VolQuest.com. But Eric, I, I say that I am in full conference tournament mode because while I was writing that, I was watching my Army Black Knights beat Bucknell in a critical game one of the Patriot League Conference Championship Series. They, they're doing a two out of three, and it's uh, between Army and Bucknell, and, and the winner of the two out of three goes to the NCAA tournament, and Army just walked off Bucknell after being down seven to five, entering the bottom of the ninth. They, they walked them off, so I, I'm thrilled. Uh, we're pressing record as Alabama beats Georgia five to three, uh, Georgia headed home from Hoover just uh, a game in. This game started at 9.30 a.m. local time and is finishing at 3.30 because of the weather that Eric mentioned. And, and we'll talk about potential bad weather for the weekend in Hoover. But, man, two, two uh, pretty big storylines just from game one real quick before we get into Tennessee. Alabama desperately needs to win two or three games to make it to the NCAA tournament. They knock off Georgia. And on the flip side, Georgia has just spiraled out of yeah. control. They they lost their last four series to end the regular season and lose their first game in Hoover. Not not great going into the postseason uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs. Nope, not great at all. And um, it's something that we've mentioned on the, the previous podcast, but how Georgia is kind of sputtering right now and gosh, I mean, it's just look at I've got the bracket pulled up in front of me at the time of this recording, as we mentioned. Alabama and Georgia just wrapped up. <laughs> You've got South Carolina and Florida getting going a year a little bit. Seven o'clock, the, the game that Tennessee fans will be watching, Miss, uh, Old Miss and, and Vanderbilt. And then tonight at 1030, little Kentucky-Auburn action. That game will not get over with until around midnight, after midnight, I'm sorry, after midnight Eastern time. And 
So already in conference tournament mode, hopefully the rain won't be a factor for, uh, you know, the days that Tennessee plays, but I'm sure it's going to be unavoidable. But yeah, on Georgia, man, I mean, losing the last four series of the season, now knocked out of the tournament, single elimination here on day one. What a horrible, horrible end to the season for uh, the Bulldogs, no doubt about it. Let's touch on the weather before we dive into some SEC awards. Those came out on Monday since we did our last podcast on Sunday evening, recapping Tennessee's series sweep of Mississippi State. If you didn't check that out, if you did not listen, if you missed it for whatever reason, we do forgive you, but we can point you into the right direction of where you can find it, and that is either on the VolQuest Apple podcast feed, VolQuest Spotify feed, the VolQuest SoundCloud feed, or you can even go check out the Swain Event feed on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. So so plenty of ways you can find it. You can also go to Eric and I's Twitter account and scroll because I tweeted it and I saw where Eric retweeted it. So it is easy to find there as well. But since we have last spoke, there were SEC awards announced. We'll, we'll touch on that and, and then we'll preview uh, some things that Tony Vitello talked about in his media availability early this morning uh, he, he pretty much gave his pitching plans for the weekend he gave an update on on Jared Dickey we'll we'll discuss whether it's better for Tennessee to play Vanderbilt or Ole Miss but I want to start with the weather because I mentioned that Arkansas or excuse me Alabama just beat Georgia finally in that game at 3 30 central time that that game started at 9 30 central time uh, there were two rain delays uh, and now they're saying that there's about to be more rain coming into the area. Florida, South Carolina is supposed to be the next game. And, and typically that's 30 to 45 minutes after the previous game. But because of the weather coming into the area, looks like that one's not going to start on time. So we, we could get a pretty, pretty bad log jam here coming up. And, and right now, Tennessee is supposed to play Vanderbilt or Ole Miss at 430 uh, Central time, so 5.30 Eastern time on Wednesday, but I just don't see how all four of these games on Tuesday are, are going to fit in. You, you've still got three to play, and it's already 3.30 local time. They, they won't end a game at a particular time, but I did get a text earlier today that said that, that there's not a rule of when you can't start a game. There, there's no rule, but they would likely not start a game after 10 or 1030, which means uh, another game from the single elimination will have to be played on Wednesday when double elimination starts. Uh, and, and then Thursday and Friday, it, it's just going to be a huge log jam. And here, here's the real scary part, Eric, is I don't see how they're going to get in all four of the games on Tuesday. The forecast looks worse on Wednesday and Thursday. So it, it, they're going to get all the games in. They're, they're, they're going to play nine innings. Uh, I know a lot of people have been asking questions, and I think it's because people think that there's so many games each day. Well, Friday, there's only two games. Saturday, yeah. there's only two games. So instead of two games each day, I think you'll just see a lot of baseball played on Friday and Saturday to make up for it. Yeah, that's you kind of beat me to the punch there. I mean, is the as you go on, less teams are in the tournament, obviously, and so there are more slots available to play. The way I see it, uh, this you know tonight, I'll be surprised. And again, we'll we'll publish this po- podcast before this this late, late, late game is supposed to uh, to begin. I'll be surprised if that game against Kentucky and Auburn even plays tonight, right? And it's not like you're going to slide that in there before the first game on a Wednesday. 
because the first game on a Wednesday is at 9.30 central or, or local time. You're not going to start that game at 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the morning, right? So, it, it, you know, if, if rain doesn't impact anything else, you'd like to play five games on Wednesday. That's just not going to happen. So it's going to be um, it's going to be wild to, to try to figure out exactly how you're going to get all these games in. But again, to what you said, as the week goes on, more teams will be going home. There will be more spots available to play. But I uh, just kind of have that bracket printed out or at least, you know, ha- have that uh, pencil ready to mark out and, and, and put new start times because it always runs behind. That's tournament baseball. Uh, that's tar- that's any tournament, right? Basketball, baseball, whatever. But it's it's going to you're going to be having moving some some games from one day to the next. It sounds like because the rain is definitely going to be a factor. I, again, I, I'll be shocked if Kentucky and Auburn play later or not. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I would be, too. Uh, I mean, they don't even know when they're going to start this second game. And yeah. even if they can get the second game started, are they going to have to start and stop like uh, yeah. Alabama and, and Georgia had to? So I, I bet what we will end up seeing is Friday or Saturday, those final Fridays, I, I guess, kind of the last elimination day. And then Saturday supposed to be your final four or whatever the, the semifinals, I, I believe. What what you'll see is probably a team have to win a game in the morning and then play again later that afternoon or, or later that night. I, I bet there will be at least one team, if not more, that have to play two games in one day at some point because it does look like the forecast opens up uh, going into the weekend. The problem is just trying to find a way to <laughs> to get to the weekend. Because I said, like I said, Wednesday or uh, today, Tuesday has created quite the issue. But Wednesday and Thursday, the, the weather is supposed to be even worse. I, I think today when I checked, and granted, I'm going off the, the Apple iPhone forecast, which is not always spot on, as everybody knows. But I think it was 60% chance of weather today and then Wednesday is 80% chance and then like 90% chance on, on Thursday. So forecast does not look good whatsoever. Uh, and here's a pro tip, by the way, to keep up with all the the stops and the starts. And th- that way you're not having to refresh Twitter or whatever to, to keep up with the game times and, and when the games are going to start back. Go to the SEC account on Twitter. If, if you're interested in keeping up with the SEC tournament as a whole, Uh, Turn them notifications on. Exactly. Go to the SEC Twitter and turn on the tweet notifications. Uh, I I have the SEC tweet notifications turned on. And this morning I was I I knew exactly when Alabama and Georgia was starting and stopping because I I was getting Twitter notifications straight to my phone. So if you want to keep up with the SEC tournament as a whole, do that. If you only want to keep up with Tennessee, if Tennessee gets in a weather delay or the game's not started on time and you only care about when Tennessee is playing, go do the same thing. But for, for Tennessee's baseball account or, or heck, even go turn on my Twitter notifications because I, I will tweet out updates as well as I usually do. Looking at these SEC awards, we'll, we'll start with the elephant in the room, Kane. We'll, we'll start with SEC player of the year and then we'll go through the rest of the list after we have the conversation about Trey Lipscomb. Uh, nobody can see this because – this isn't going to be on YouTube. Maybe we'll find a way to do some YouTube podcasts for uh, for the NCAA tournament. But uh, you have the the setup behind you because of your Locked On Falls podcast. And on your little whiteboard, you have written Trey Lipscomb snubbed? Question mark. So I'll ask you your own question. Was Trey Lipscomb snubbed of being SEC Player of the Year? Because the award did go to two players. 
Sonny DeShera from Auburn. He was co-SEC Player of the Year, along with Dylan Cruz from LSU. I mean, I know the popular answer is going to be yes. He was absolutely snubbed. I mean, here's the thing, though. When I look at it, this was the one that could have the greatest controversy. This is the one that could spark the greatest discussion, right? And we can dive into the nitty-gritty of conference play versus out-of-conference play on base slugging. Um, you know, OPS, all that time, OPS plus the, you know, home runs, RBI runs scored. I mean, we, we can dive into that until we're blue in the face. And I, I understand that point remains. Dylan Cruz had a great season. Sony DeShera had a great season. Trey Lipscomb had an awesome, awesome, great season. All three of those guys were deserving in my opinion. So absolutely we can have that talk. I just look at it from this aspect, like Tony Vitello, there was no doubt about it. He was going to be coach of the year. Drew Beam. The only doubt was if Chase Burns was going to take it away from him, right? He was going to be freshman of the year. Uh, pitcher of the year, Chase Dolander, he was going to be pitcher of the year. This one was the one that said, okay, what well, can go to this guy, this guy, or this guy? I think where the frustration lies is they gave it to two players, so they split it and had co-players of the year, and Trey Lipscomb wasn't one of those. So if I, if I had a vote, I would have voted him player of the year. Full disclosure, I didn't. I, I, I don't vote on this. Um, I'm not shocked the way this turned out, but this is a guy that's on the midseason or excuse me, the semifinalists into the season, you know, watch list for the for the Golden Spikes Award. He's one of the best players in the country. So uh, I, I do think that that was the biggest question mark about this whole thing when Tennessee overall had a great, great showing. And I know we'll talk about it. There's some players that were left out and everything. But overall, Tennessee was all over this list because, again, it is the best team in the country. Glad to know that you did not vote on an award that is voted by the coaches I'm yeah. glad that you didn't sneak in a vote there well you know for the media whenever they vote for all this I know USA Today's already voted on theirs that's what I mean by that more, more so than anything but the one we're referencing yes it is the coaches yes and and that's the one that I pay attention to because the these these riders don't pay attention to the sport near as much as as people think that they do but congrats to to Trey he was named the USA Today SEC player of the year yeah that that's a cool honor but i mean i, I didn't even open up <laughs> the, the 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 article that that lists out the <laughs> the players who made the all sec it's team. like it's like football with preseason where you have yes. every single publication in the world that, that votes yes. on preseason and then not only that they have preseason all sec third teams now i i was a first time voter for all that stuff last year for the sec media and it was so difficult to vote on an SEC preseason third team. I'm telling you, it's just stupid at that point, right? Yes. And and my my rant has always been, and I've had this rant for years when we, we were still rocking on the Swain event. Anybody who has followed my work for a long time has heard me discuss in the past multiple times how the, these riders do not pay attention to the sport the way that people think they do. They, they cover the, the game that they're supposed to cover uh, whatever team that is that they cover that they essentially the whatever the the company they work for requires them to cover. They watch that. They go home and, and they go watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. They're, they're not they're not going home like these niche podcasts that are out there. And, and like I flat out say like yours and mine that they're, they're not going home and and watching football, watching basketball, watching baseball. They're not. They're 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 having food arguments on, on Twitter and watching the, the bachelorette and, and, and the bachelor and real housewives of Atlanta and, and, and things like that. Because I, what I, are the shows been? What are the show? We, we, we've established the bachelor and the bachelorette. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We, we can go real housewives of Atlanta. We, we can go whatever you want. 
Game of Thrones and look, some of those those thrones are good, but people people care more about the storyline of those shows than than the sport that they cover is my yeah. point. And then they're expected to at the end of the season vote on awards that they haven't been paying attention to. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't been paying attention to. They know they know the big names on the big teams. That That's it. So uh, that's that's my rant. That, that's always been my rant when it comes to awards. And that's why I put more emphasis, although I, I realize that even the coaches vote is is flawed. I recognize mm-hmm. that because uh, I imagine most of the SIDs <laughs> voted for the coaches, but at, at least the coaches and, and SIDs have an awareness of who the best players in the league are and not just the best of the best players. And I'll say this too. I mean, like voting for, if you're a beat writer, um, if you're, if you're on the beat, like we are for Tennessee and you, you do every sport and I do football and, and help out with a little other stuff. Like you're, you're so invested in that team in terms of going to every single media availability, going to the practices that are open, writing uh, recruiting articles, you know, whatever, all the stuff that we do. Okay. It's all on Tennessee centric, but you know, for football, when I voted this year, it's like, okay, well, I watched every single every single game Tennessee played. I watched SEC football. I felt comfortable voting on stuff in the SEC because, again, that's what my life is engulfed in. Now, I've long said it would be so cool for me or for you or whatever to be a Heisman voter. I think that'd be awesome, right? I mean, that that's awesome. But I, I spend – I mean, you and I on Saturdays, man, I mean, you spend like – depending on what time the game, I mean, you spend all day at Neyland stadium. You spend, if it's a night game, you're not getting home till a couple like 2 AM. I mean, you are missing so much football outside. And I know this is football centric, what I'm saying right now, outside of your team that I wouldn't feel comfortable having a Heisman vote. I truly wouldn't. And so there are so, to your point, there are so many voters and it frustrates me to no end that just only watch their team or only are or, or lazy and they don't go home and watch, you know, pack 12 after dark or, you know what the early games of the noon kickoffs and and for those for those that would but just can't like us like I mean shoot we're covering this team so that 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 to me is very frustrating there are so many Heisman voters and voters for the AP top 25 that just should have that card revoked for sure um and it won't it is what it is but to your point that's just that's something that frustrates me as well because again I think about it from my shoes and it's like if they wanted me to vote for a top 25 or a Heisman, it'd be difficult for me because I watch Tennessee so much that I miss a lot of games that I want to be watching and I catch as much as I can, but it just kind of is what it is. Right. And, and look, I'll even do a little humble brag on myself. Like football weekends, game day is obviously very busy as you just illustrated. It also carries into Sunday covering the recruits that were in town and yep. goes into Monday as you start to preview the rest of the week. While I'm working on, on my other stuff, you know what I have playing on, uh, on on my iPad next to me? Game from the other day. The the other games that I missed because I was covering Tennessee's games. So even if I don't get to watch it real time, I, I go back and watch the games. A, because I, I want to know about the teams that that Tennessee is, is going to be playing. I, I don't feel like you can – properly break down Tennessee's games if you haven't watched their upcoming opponents so that, that we can have a whole podcast on that we I got a, a nice <laughs> Go I was gonna say I got a nice little rhythm of Sunday mornings now airport visits are another thing with recruits but Sunday mornings detailing and you and me both do this and I don't know about you it takes me hours because I I'm like the old ball coach sitting in the film room stop rewind stop rewind make notes and go so I rewatch Tennessee's d- deal and do a write-up on that and then in the afternoon work, I turn on the SEC network or do kind of what, what you're doing, 
try to catch a game or two from the day before. But I mean, it's tough. I mean, still with all that, because you have so much going on on that football game day weekend. Yes, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, We do have a a little bit of news here in the middle of our podcast of what we were already discussing. The SEC has announced uh, that due to inclement weather, game two will start at a time to be determined and that they expect a significant delay. And that was the South Carolina-Florida game that we were discussing. Uh, The SEC also announced that game four will not be played tonight. So Kentucky and Auburn will not be played tonight. That will be moved to tomorrow, Wednesday, May 25th, and that time is to be determined. And that does impact Tennessee because what I would imagine what they do is that game will be played first thing in the morning, and then they would start the Wednesday game. So uh, Arkansas-Alabama was supposed to be the very first game. Well, now they're going to be the second game after Auburn and Kentucky plays. Tennessee was supposed to be the third game on Wednesday. Now it'll be the night game. But here's the difficult part is if Tennessee is the last game and the weather does not look good at all, I guarantee you Tennessee doesn't play on Wednesday. Yeah, I was going to say, if all goes well, fingers crossed, Tennessee's got the late game tomorrow night. And, again, that's if everything lines up. And the forecast looks worse, like I said. We very well could be waiting on Tennessee to play until Thursday. Yes. And I don't, I don't think the radar looks looks good on Thursday, either. So, uh, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe they're gonna have to change it to single elimination. Maybe that's something that they would do. I, I don't know. It, you always have weather delays at the SEC tournament, but never. <laughs> I, I don't remember weather delays for three straight days where where the weather just did not cooperate. And and again, I'm looking right now at the weather on my phone. So take it with a grain of salt, but uh, it says today in Hoover, hundred percent chance of thunderstorms Wednesday, 90% Thursday, 90% Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all sunshine, but I, it just seems like it's going to be hard to get in any baseball these, these next three days. So maybe they would just go to single elimination for the sake of getting the tournament in. Maybe they would just tr- try to cram it into to Friday and Saturday, like you and I talked about earlier, because you have two games a day. Uh, but honestly, Kane, I, I would be surprised if Tennessee plays on Wednesday at, at this rate. Yeah, I would too. And and being part of tournament-like setups like this in the past and, and broadcasting and, and doing some game ops and everything, like they, this tournament will not go into Monday. It won't. Um, no, it can't no, because the NCAA tournament. Exactly. Exactly. So no, no matter what. And plus, I was just thinking, like, there's not a minor league team. The Barons don't play there anymore. They stopped playing there a while ago. Like, there's no team coming to play at the Hoover Met like you would at the Tennessee Smokies that you got to get out of the way for. But, yeah, the NCAA tournament, like this game, th- this tournament will not last into Monday. So whatever the case may be, if you got to cut some games, whatever, if it comes to that last resort, I mean, Sunday's going to be your last day. So it's just going to be weird. But nonetheless, Tennessee will play a couple times this week, hopefully, you know, on into Sunday and, and, and get it done. And uh, whatever you can, whatever you do, again, this is just another variable for Tony Vontell and Frank Anderson that's saying, okay, with the rain, you know, trying to get everybody adequate rest moving forward to line up, say you play on that Thursday next week and or, or that Friday, trying to line your guys up. It's, I mean, I'm glad I'm not making those decisions. Uh, I guess that's why Tony Vitell is making the big bucks, right? I mean, this this really does throw a wrench into the pitching because you want to make sure everybody gets work before the regionals. And 
and, and maybe you combine starters if for some reason the, the SEC cuts out some games. I mean, I, I think they, they would have to go to single elimination if they were to get in this this tournament. Uh, but but who knows? Maybe they yeah. can squeeze it all in Friday right. and, and Saturday. But I, at this rate, I, I just I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen anything like this. Uh, but to, to put a bow on the, the Trey Lipscomb situation, we went on a, a long tangent. Uh, we did. <laughs> uh, Eric would have voted for Trey Lipscomb, but he fair to say that you don't think he was necessarily snubbed. Yeah, that's how I feel. I, yeah, I would have yeah. voted for him. I don't think he was snubbed, though. I'm not going to sit here and beat my chest and say this is the worst thing in the world because yes. I do. I, 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 I mean, Deshera and Cruz, they had great years. They had great years. They're deserving. So is Trey Lipscomb. It's just kind of unfortunate the way it's the way it kind of panned out. So, yeah, I would agree with that. I wouldn't say that he's necessarily snubbed, but he was definitely deserving to win the award, but I wouldn't say that he's snubbed. Yes, that that is my feeling exactly. I I don't think he was robbed or, or snubbed, but I do think he should have won, and he would have had my vote. He was the, the, the most productive hitter on one of what people are saying, the greatest baseball teams of all time. And I, I do agree that conference numbers should be emphasized more than the, the season numbers as a whole. I, I do agree with that thought process. And look, Dylan Cruz, Sonny DeShare, they had slightly better numbers in conference than Trey did. But I also think you're, you're discrediting. I, I think Trey Lipscomb provides more value to Tennessee than Sonny DeShera does for Auburn because you have to take into consideration the defensive side of things as well. And, and, and not that Trey has been flawless on the defensive side of the ball, but Trey plays a more valuable position in baseball than Sonny does. Sure, Sonny yeah. touches the, the ball more because he's the first baseman. He catches the ball, and I'm sure, well, I don't know. He is Sonny DeShera. He's not in great shape. Maybe he doesn't scoop a lot of balls. Uh, he, he did not put on a, a great fielding display uh, when I watched him in, in Knoxville in person in depth. But uh, this past weekend at Mississippi State, Trey was flawless at third base. He was amazing at third base this past weekend. And, and there was one inning. I, I can't remember who was on the mound, but I, it was the, the Saturday, the, the series finale. Kirby comes in and gets back-to-back -back two ground balls. And the first one is a slow roller for Trey down the baseline, and, and the base runner is is going home, and he's essentially in Trey's way of throwing it home, and he still makes a great play on it. And then he had to go back on a ball that he hit hard, and then the next inning made two more great plays. I think you've just got to take that into to consideration as well. I, I think Trey's value to his team is is more important than Sonny's, even though Sonny is pretty much the the only great hitter in Auburn's lineup. And, and look, Trey does get a little bit of cushion. He gets the – I mean, he's got Evan Russell behind him. That, that, that's a safety net right there to, to where teams somewhat have to pitch to Trey. But, I, I again, I, I just think Trey had the most valuable season of those three, and, and he would have gotten my vote. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, too, kind of you touched on two things I want to mention real quick, like – when you stack up the defense and, and meaning more to their team defensively as well, Trey man's the hot corner to share at first base. I'm with you on that argument. Cruz man's the outfield. He plays he plays a great outfield as well. So that's a different conversation. But also, you mentioned like DeShera being like one of the only hitters for Auburn. And this is where I would say on the other end of the spectrum, you can make the argument that those two other guys meant more to their lineups than Lipscomb did to Tennessee because Lipscomb was fantastic, but 
think of all these power bats you got in here on this lineup, right? You know, consider one of the greatest, as you mentioned, teams of all time, regular season of all time. And you got guys with 10 home runs that are not everyday players. You know, Blake Berg, Percy on the sink, Christian Moore. So, again, any way you want to spend. That's why I think it was such a, a difficult decision. I think you had three guys who were very deserving. And we can sit here and debate all day long, but bringing it all together here, like you said, to me, snubbed, no. Deserving, yes. Would have gotten my vote, yes. Uh, those who were not snubbed were Chase Dolander, the SEC Pitcher of the Year, very deserving. He is the second Vol to ever win SEC Pitcher of the Year. Former Tennessee right-hander Luke Kochaver was the other to do so in 2005. He was pretty good. And yeah, just, just a little bit. But uh, with, with Dolander, Kane, and I tweeted this out, the, the, the college baseball transfer season began Thursday because for those teams who did not make a, a conference tournament, uh, their season is over, and, and players have begun entering the portal, as we have seen with the Kansas shortstop. Wink, wink. Uh, how about the ammunition for for Tony Vitello and, and Frank Anderson and Josh Elander that <laughs> Chase Dolander transfers from Tennessee or from Georgia Southern to Tennessee, wins the SEC Pitcher of the Year in his first year at Tennessee, and it's the day after college baseball portal season begins as if they needed more ammunition on the recruiting trail because look it, it was worded to me when I asked about potential uh, transfers that that they would like to to keep an eye out on not in terms of name but position it, it was said to me that there, there's always going to be one Chase Dolander and I, I think Tennessee's goal every year is to, to get that Chase Dolander that elite arm to come into your program and how about the ammunition for Tennessee to, to use that Dolander as look at this evidence. This guy transfers to Tennessee and carves up the SEC under Frank Anderson, wins pitcher of the year. Now he's being talked about as the, the top college arm in the 2023 MLB draft, and he's probably going to be a top five pick. Ooh, that, that's some heavy ammunition. Poor college baseball. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, that, that. what more do you want, right? It says if you come in here, why not come to Tennessee? You come in here, work, earn a spot, take advantage of the opportunity, and you could be the next Chase Dolander. So, um, yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> poor college baseball, right? Because that is that is something you can uh, – another thing you can throw into the face of a, a potential prospect in the transfer portal. Yeah, and, and not only that, but how, how about two freshmen in the running for SEC Freshman of the Year? Drew Beam wins – the award, uh, SEC Freshman of the Year, second fall to ever do so. Uh, former Tennessee catcher J.P. Aaron Sebia won it in 2005. Pretty funny that Hochaver won his in 05, the pitcher of the year that is. Aaron Sebia won the, the Freshman of the Year in 2005. They both did it in the same year. And then the next time Tennessee won either of those awards was also in the same year with Chase Dolander and Drew Beam. I, look, Kane, I, I would have liked to see Burns and Beam been the co-freshman of the year no i think that'd be neat i think that would i mean they're both deserving of course and and again too value right burns was your burns was your friday night starter right and we talked about how joel andrew is clearly the best pitcher on this team and everything but you know early in the season when he was kind of you know figuring things out you know not getting out of the fifth inning sixth inning because he was throwing so many pitches and all that and tennessee was just so consistent with a true freshman and Chase Burns going out there every Friday night, going to Houston, leading the team out in Houston, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the then number one team in the country and pitching so well. 
Um, I think that means a lot, you know, right? Because you're getting everybody's, you know, first, you know, first chance, right? And so that would be really neat to see those guys being co-freshman of the year. But I mean, it's it's hard to argue that run that Drew Beam went on there in the middle of SEC play. He was just so phenomenal and so good on the road and big series for Tennessee. Any way you want to spin it, it's a positive for Tennessee. But it would have been neat to see both those guys. I mean, if you're giving out co-player of the year, why not give out co-freshman of the year, right? Right. And and by the way, that's one thing I did not mention when it comes to Trey Lipscomb. You have co-SEC players of the year and Trey Lipscomb's not one of them. That, That to me just baffles me. That's the frustrating part, and I get it. That I think that's where Tennessee fans are sitting here saying, well, what the heck? You know, that's where they say he got snubbed because they picked two, and he's not one of them. So I get that. I 100% get that. Uh, the other awards that Tennessee took home, uh, they, they had several players make the All-SEC team. Six different Vols made the 2022 All-SEC baseball teams. Trey Lipscomb, Drew Gilbert, Chase Dolander, were all first-team SEC baseball players. Chase Burns, Drew Beam, they made the second team. The freshman team, Chase Burns, Drew Beam, and Blake Burke. And then the defensive team, Drew Gilbert, made it. And, Eric, we, we talked about this on your Locked on Vols podcast. Go check that out as well. Eric will tweet it out first thing Wednesday morning. But uh, and, and I haven't dug into to the stats as well as I would have liked. I've just been too busy to be able to do so but off the cuff how is Jordan Beck not an all-SEC outfielder how is Christian Moore not on the all-SEC freshman team and Evan Russell Luke Lipsius can, can we have a conversation about them as well so uh, Tennessee racks up but my initial thought was like uh, this, this Tennessee team dominated everybody but Kentucky and it, it's really only what five players that, that got recognized, uh, Trey, or I guess six different ones, as I said a moment ago, but it, it feels like it should have been more as crazy as that may sound. Yeah. Cause you got a couple of these guys who are obviously, you know, you're the pitcher of the year, you're a first teamer, you know, your freshman of the year, you're a second teamer. Of course you're a freshman uh, recipient as well. So like a couple of these guys got multiple awards, but I, I honestly feel like whether it's a coach, whether it's an SID, whoever's filling out this ballot, you're sitting here saying, okay, well, this can't be a, an entirely Tennessee team. Uh, right, wrong, and different. And I, I truly believe that's the mindset going in, right? And and even though, but I mean, if it's deserving, it's deserving. I get it. But I think the human element part of this is saying, okay, well, I can't keep just parking down Tennessee. I got to draw the line somewhere. Jordan Beck should be on there 100%. We can talk uh, Lipsius. We can talk Russell. Jordan Beck should be on there. First-round talent. And that's when you get in the nitpicky, well, you know, he was better out of conference than in conference or whenever you stack up his in-conference play. I don't care. He's he's phenomenal. He should have been on. He should have been on the second team for sure. To to your point, and again, talk about these all for these you know these freshmen. I mean, Christian Moore. How is he not a part of that all freshman team? I have no clue. But I truly believe the human element's a part of that as well. The thing I like most about some of these players being snubbed, Eric, is that as if they needed a, a bigger chip on their shoulder, they will most certainly have. Uh, added weight to that chip. I, I think Jordan Beck uh, will have something to prove. And look, I, I continue to think that he's not in as big of a slump as, as maybe his his numbers may indicate or uh, as much of a conversation as, as some people want to make it. Saturday, uh, he, he, <laughs> he, he stroked the ball all over the field and just had nothing to show for it. 
he had two balls at Kentucky that he felt like were going to be home runs and and just didn't leave the park because of the weather there that weekend. And uh, he's seen a lot of pitches. He, he's battling in at bats and he's drawing walks and uh, he's he's coming through in the clutch since he doesn't win that game two in Mississippi State if he doesn't hit that RBI single after the Luke Lipsius double. Uh, so I, I think he's still playing pretty good baseball. Uh, at the plate he, he's definitely playing great in, in the field Mississippi State kept running on him for some reason uh, but I, I don't think he's in a slump like his stats may may indicate and I think he, he's going to certainly try to prove that this weekend along with with the unfortunateness whatever of being left off of of the all SEC teams and then Christian Moore as well that that one again. I haven't really dove into the numbers there of maybe who he should have replaced. Uh, the Texas A and M second baseman was on there. I'm, I'm not too familiar with his work to be quite honest, but Simo did, did not have a, a great SEC season from start to finish. So I, I would imagine that hurt him. But uh, the the team as a whole, uh, Trey Lipscomb being left off the the SEC Player of the Year or not winning the award. I think they're just going to have a bigger bigger chip moving forward on their shoulder, and <laughs> it's not like this team needed that. I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> give this team any more motivation to feel like they've been slighted, to feel like they've been disrespected. It seems like this team doesn't need to, to have that. I, I've heard this conversation throughout the season, a lot of people that aren't really dialed into it saying, oh, well, Tennessee, they only, they only play well or you know, whenever they feel like they've got something to prove or they're playing against the umpires or the media or whatever. It's like, no, they don't. I mean, hell, they won 40-plus, almost 50 games, right? You don't just win that because of a chip. You win that because of pure talent. But when they do have a chip on their shoulder, it gets a little bit more oomph, maybe. So, nonetheless, they're going to be just fine. I mean, at the end of the day, I think Jordan Beck knows his value. I mean, I think that, uh, especially an older guy, too, he knows what his future is in this game. It is what it is. But maybe that'll give him a little something to – uh, to, to ponder on in the batter's box this weekend. And I mean, I'm with you, man. He's been putting barrel on ball. It's just, it's just hard. It's just been tough luck for him. And he's one of the better outfielders uh, in college baseball, in my opinion, but one of the better corner outfielders. So a um, little, little bit more to use uh, as, as motivation, I would, I would assume for these guys. But I mean, at the end of the day, you can't have them all on there, right? And it's unfortunate because there's so many other ones that are deserving to be on this team as well. Even the coaching staff doesn't think that he's in a slump and feel good where he is at the plate right now. And and you mentioned he knows his own value. And, yeah, his, his value is that he's going to be a first-round pick come July. So, yeah, um, Jordan Beck is, is perfectly fine. So. Uh, I'll take this one. It's fine. I'm about to get paid. All right? So I'm going to be good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, we, we spent a lot of time talking about the SEC awards and, and the weather in Hoover. And at this point, the weather just looks – despicable i i'd be i'd be stunned if if tennessee plays on wednesday uh i really would just because they'll be the the last game of the day the weather doesn't look good and the weather looks just as bad on on thursday so i don't know when tennessee is going to play uh, but we are going to try to give a, a little bit of a preview to the start of tennessee's week in hoover let me ask you this ben and again this is these are questions that you don't know the answer to and so that's why i'm going to ask you yes uh, say I mean, everyone's going to get work in no matter what because it's important. You didn't have a midweek game this week. You've, you've got to get work in the traditional midweek game and traditional weekend series. You've got to get your work in, keep it status quo. I mean, good, you know, say, say Tennessee doesn't play tomorrow. Say Tennessee doesn't play Thursday. I mean, what's that look like in terms of they're not going to play into Monday? We know that. I mean, is, is it 
Is it just going to be, okay, well, we're going to have to combine starts, piggybacks, you know, go to the bullpen a little bit earlier? Because, again, you want to win these games, but the number one priority is crossing those T's, dotting those I's, and getting ready for next weekend. I just, I think from a pitching standpoint, it's going to be just ridiculous the way we see Tennessee pitchers use this weekend. If it is shortened and condensed, and especially if you miss out on, and maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, maybe, and that's fair. But especially if you don't play Wednesday or Thursday, I think it just could it could look so bizarre this weekend in terms of the pitching. I, I think in a way it'll it'll kind of help Tennessee because it'll be condensed into a weekend setting, and, and that's what. Regional weekend is it, it is a weekend setting, not a week long setting like the SEC tournament is without weather. So I think in a way it, it can kind of help. And if Tennessee doesn't end up playing until Thursday and that's the game in which Blade is going to pitch. And, and maybe since it is on Thursday, maybe Tennessee decides to go to Dolander and yeah. saves Blade for for Sunday if they were to make it to Sunday. It, it keeps them on rotation. It, it keeps them on track. Uh, Dolander will be, be ready to go next weekend in, in the regionals, and uh, Blade wouldn't be going from Wednesday to Sunday to, to regional weekend. And it, it's a weird balance because you want to make sure all of those starters get work this weekend, but you also don't know how long you're going to make it this weekend in, yeah. in Hoover. So so maybe the, the freshmen get some weeks off if, if Tennessee doesn't go far in, in Hoover and – uh, Tidwell and Dolander are, are able to go. It's just, it's so hard to tell. So, so many extenuating circumstances that we just do not know the answer to yet. But in a way, I think it can help. Um, and look, the, the main objective is just to make sure that the these arms are getting work this week. Like Blake Tidwell needs to throw this week. Ben Joyce needs to throw this week. Uh, Chase Dolander, stay, just stay in rhythm. I, I, now, I yeah. think it would be beneficiary if uh, Beam or Burns don't throw. That that gives them another weekend off after hitting that freshman wall this, this past month. Uh, I think that would be beneficial for Tennessee, but uh, we, ju- we just don't really know the answers. And, and speaking of the pitching staff, and, and I guess it's kind of a, a mute point at this point, but Tony Vitello met with the media on Tuesday morning, did say Blake Tidwell was going to start game one in, in Hoover on Wednesday, and he did say and throw in there that I, I reserve the right to change that depending on who we play. Or I, I think it's just coach speak. I, I would be surprised if Tidwell does not start if they do end up playing on, on Wednesday. But he said play Tidwell on Wednesday, Chase Dolander on Thursday, Chase Burns on Friday, Drew Beam on Saturday. <laughs> I, I think uh, pretty spot on and, and to the point there from Mr. Vitello. And that's what we thought was kind of was going to happen when we saw that you know Tidwell came in and threw the back half of Game Two of that series against Mississippi State. It lined him up to be the first guy out there if you were to play on a Wednesday. Keeps Dolander on his normal rotation the last three weeks of pitching on a Thursday, and you know from there, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. So I think it's pretty. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty solid plan. I think that uh, <laughs> any way you want to look at it, there's not a. There's, there's not a, a game where any opposing lineup has has any leeway. So, um, you know, we'll see we'll see what happens, and especially how the weather impacts that. But uh, that that's uh, that, that's a good starting four, and then ultimately, whenever it crunches down to a three game set and regional play, or excuse me, super regional play, we'll have to see which one would be the odd man left out. And look, at this point, it, it may not even matter what Tony said on Tuesday in in regards yep. to 
the the pitching plans. But if that ends up playing out and a miracle happens and Tennessee actually plays each day, I'm very curious as to what that would mean for Sunday. My, my opinion is that Tidwell would start on short rest on Sunday in the championship game if, if they were to make it. And then if not Blade, then I, I think Camden Sewell or Ben Joyce, depending on what their workload had had looked like up until that point. Yeah, I was just going to say, who knows how, how much they've been used already this series. And, and you can't necessarily I – mean, they've got to get their work in, so it's not like you're going to be holding them or anything. Maybe by the time you get to, you know, in a traditional sense, if you play Wednesday, Thursday, maybe you got that Friday off, and then Saturday you don't go balls to the wall with those guys and, and holding them for this. But if you do – bring Blade Tibble back around to start that other game. That could put him in line to to start game three of of regional, right? I mean, again, he would be on normal rest at that point as well. So, again, I think it still works out regardless how you look at it. But, uh, again, Tennessee has options, and, and that's what we talked about. Didn't didn't Kando Sewell start one of those games in, in Hoover last year? Started against Florida and shoved it up their rear end. There you go. Yeah, so, again, it's, it's happened before. I think before. it was game three. And we we certainly seen we certainly saw Ben Joyce get the start a couple of weeks uh, or I guess it was last weekend two weekends ago wh- whatever. Uh, so anyway, you spend it, you have options, and that's why Tennessee's so good. And and I, I do believe even if you bring you bring Blade around, he'll have to get the ball game three, but he'll still be ready on normal rest for a regional weekend. It, it was game four, not game three that that Camden started last year because Chad Dallas started game one against Alabama. They lost uh, the the next day. Game two against Mississippi State. I can't remember who pitched that game. Maybe Will Heflin, um, but but Tennessee wins that game. Game three was against Alabama again. Uh, Tennessee beat them in that game, and I think that was Blake Tidwell. And then they played Florida on the Saturday game. That's when Camden Sewell started to, to send Tennessee uh, to, to the SEC championship game the 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 good news that came out of tony vitello's media availability was the update on tennessee utility man jared dickey who has been out the last several weeks due to the bone bruise that he suffered at old miss earlier this year tony vitello said that uh, they've exhausted everything he's paid attention to the details and it's all paid off uh, said that jared dickey is on the active roster for the sec tournament this week but that it's 50 50 if he'll play Definitely expects him to play in the regionals next weekend. And that, look, that's exactly what I said on Saturday or Sunday when we recapped the, the Mississippi State sweep. Yes, uh, all hell, Ben, uh, as you were motioning, Eric. But uh, <laughs> he took swings last week. He felt good. I, I, I expect him to, to pinch hit mostly this week. I would even be kind of surprised if, if he DH'd just because he would still have to run and I don't think they're completely ready to, to let him do that just just yet. If he pinch hits and has to run, then then okay, so be it. But DH in and, and you go for four for four and, and you're running on it all game long or even pinch hitting, all, all you got to do is make it the first or second or back to home if you hit a Kirk Gibson type of home run. Uh, so somebody can pinch run for you. So yeah. I, I think that we'll only see him in pinch hit situations. And then next week, I, I think it's more of a conversation of, okay. And, and we talked about this on, on the podcast the other night. Are we taking Seth Stevenson out of the lineup? Are we taking Blake Burke out of the lineup? Two questions that I'm glad I do not have to answer. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I was going to say for what I want to see from, from Jared Dickey this week. I don't want to see him DHing. 
he's not going to play the field. We know that he won't play the field the rest of the season, in my opinion. Well, I, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, but I do want to see him get a couple of the bats, if possible, late in games, win or loss, don't care. I want to see him get some some pinch hit opportunities late in ball games, get the timing back down, just get used to seeing live pitching. I mean, sure, he's getting that. He's he's taking live pitching and um, you know, in the in the cages and or in the, you know, at practice or whatnot. But uh, you know, in a game like situation, I think that can go a long way just so he has, you know, one or two under his belt before regional play. I think that'll go a long way. And then yeah, you're exactly right. If they feel confident in him playing the field, which I sincerely doubt will happen, that's just me. Again, that's just me. Uh, you have a tough situation to you have a tough question to answer, but then again, you and I have been so high on on Blake Burke and and, and that DH role. It's just uh, another option to have, and I would honestly just play the, the hot hand at that point in time, and uh, you couldn't go wrong either way because the other the other guy that can come in and, and play the last couple at bats innings or pinch hit opportunities, it just makes your team that much deeper and stronger. My my off the cuff thought is that as much as I love Jared Dickey, it, it would be hard to throw him in the lineup and, and pull Seth Stevenson, who has seemed to find a rhythm, bring something to your lineup that, that really nobody else has in the lineup, and that's speed on the bases. Uh, and and it, look, Blake Burke maybe needs to become a uh, – not maybe. He, he does need to become more consistent. But look, he's a true freshman. He, he's not supposed to be – consistent Jordan Beck sure wasn't consistent Drew, Drew Gilbert wasn't even consistent Chase Burns Drew Bean they haven't been consistent per se and Burke what is it 71 at bat so far this season I mean that's it like he's yes. barely he's barely been in there right right and, and my look, he was very good throughout the weekend against Georgia but off the top of my head I, I believe that's been the most consistent weekend that he has had all year long even this weekend he hits the three-run home run and I think he goes over the next two days. So look, I and I, I still want Blake Burke in the lineup. Don't get me wrong, but I, I almost think off the cuff, off the top of my head, spitballing that 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 would maybe be more the answer than than pulling Seth Stevenson. But look, I also want Blake Burke in the lineup because I want him to run into a three run home run. Because if if you start him three straight games, the likelihood of him running into a baseball because he's so talented is very likely. So. I in even again the the same point with Blake Burke although he's not as consistent it, it still applies to my thought with Seth Stevenson is, is that Blake even for a freshman seems to have found a rhythm here and like Seth do you really want to pull either of those two guys who who seem to be in a rhythm at this point at, at the most important time of the year for a guy although I love Jared Dickey that hasn't played in in weeks and will have some knock to to some rust to knock off do you really want to to mess that up? Because if Jared isn't swinging the bat coming off of injury like he was before the injury, do you throw Seth Stevenson out of rhythm, Blake Burke out of rhythm with that with that move? That 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 could be a, a dicey gamble there. So that that would be very uh, <laughs> it'll be very interesting to see what Tony Vitello does to say the least. But very talented guys. Before and, we get out of here, I do want to break down a potential matchup with Vanderbilt or Ole Miss, uh, I'll ask you first, who do you think is the better matchup for Tennessee? Yeah, I, At the end of the day, I think Tennessee should obviously beat both of them. Uh, I, I think Ole Miss and, and Vanderbilt have, have different strengths. Ole Miss's strength is hitting. Vanderbilt's strength is pitching. Which would you 
rather see Tennessee play if you could pick? Um, I, I think Tennessee, uh, again, I, I'm with you. I think Tennessee beats both teams, but I, I, I don't know if you said this. I saw it from somebody and I couldn't agree more a couple of days ago. Like Ole Miss's lineup is dangerous. Very. You know, v- v- Vanderbilt's is, you know, I mean, it's, it's not as, <laughs> and so I would take Tennessee's, I would take Tennessee's chances and hitting against good pitching because I'm that much more confident and not that I'm not confident in Tennessee's pitching. I'm just saying that Ole Miss lineup's good. And so I'd rather Tennessee square off against somebody great on the mound because Tennessee's got loads and loads of up and down the lineup, top to bottom, good hitters. So I guess what I'm trying to say is Tennessee Vanderbilt, I think would be a better matchup uh, for Tennessee if Vanderbilt uh, is to win this game. That's uh, going to happen maybe tomorrow. Well, it'll happen tomorrow because it'll be the game number one. So, yeah. Well, it, it's, it's funny that you say that because I, I agree with what you're saying, but my mind thinks the complete opposite. Uh, I actually think I, I would rather take my chances uh, against better hitting than pitching because I think pitching is more likely to show up just in general. The sport of baseball, I, I trust good pitching to show up more consistently than I do good hitting just because it's so difficult to hit. It, to me, it's the most difficult thing to do in all sports is, is to hit a baseball. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and mm-hmm. so I, I would rather – because like even if Ole Miss's lineup gives Tennessee's pitching issues, Ole Miss's pitching is not so good to the point to where you would think Tennessee's offense would be able to make up for it, whereas if Vanderbilt's pitching is able to keep Tennessee's – a lineup in line that that makes it a much closer game in, in my opinion. I, I would rather take my luck against the 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 weak pitching staff than than a strong pitching staff or, or a weak pitching staff than a than a strong lineup. So if I could pick, I, I would pick Tennessee to, to face Ole Miss, uh, just because I, Chris McElwain and Carter Holton. I would imagine those two are one of the two that Tennessee would pitch. That that's the other thing. Uh, or that Vanderbilt would pitch. Ole Miss and Vandy are going to play. It's a single elimination, so they're going to throw their best arm because it's single elimination. That yep. means Ole Miss is is likely going to throw Dylan DeLucia, and they don't really have anybody other than that. The, their other two options are Hunter Elliott, who does have a 3.43 ERA, but he's a true freshman pitching in Hoover for the first time. The other option is Derek Diamond, who has a 7.8 one ERA. So uh, if Ole Miss were to win, it'd be one of those two guys. The true freshman pitching in Hoover for the first time against the best team in the country or the guy with the near eight ERA. And I, I get the jokes, the the, the high ERA guys <laughs> that they, they 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 do good against Tennessee. I, I know those those jokes are out there looking at you, Sam Smith. Um, so I feel much better about Tennessee hitting off of one of those two guys in a game two for Ole Miss than Vandy throwing out Carter Holton or Chris McElvain because those two guys have helped Vanderbilt be fifth in the league in strikeouts. Carter Holton is fifth individually in strikeouts, uh, and Chris McElwain is sixth in strikeouts in, in the SEC, and you would get one of those two, whether Vandy starts Holton or McElwain against Ole Miss – if Vandy wins, then you would get the other guy, obviously. And Vandy's lineup, I mean, I just think, like we saw in Nashville, I think Tennessee's pitching staff would just absolutely dominate them uh, if they played. It's Enrique Bradfield Jr. or, or bust. Spencer Jones, 
very, very talented, uh, was on the all SEC team. He had a, a, a sneaky, sneaky good season, but it, it comes down to Enrique Bradfield Jr. for Vandy. They, they, when he scores a run, Vandy's offense scores 7.5 runs per game when he scores a run. When he does not score, they score 2.3 runs per game. Five-run difference uh, between the two, and he is dangerous on base, 42 for 42 in stolen bases this year. So I, I like the matchup for Tennessee either way, but uh, I, I would I, I would rather see Tennessee try to hit off of Ole Miss's lack of pitching than Vanderbilt's strong pitching, which is third in the conference in ERA. That's That's just kind of the way I look at it. I think it's a testament just to, again, and this is not breaking any news, shocking, you know, how much we think Tennessee is in terms of stacked and loadedness, um, loadedness, because I view it one way to where I'm like, I'll take Tennessee's lineups against any pitching. And I understand, you know, sometimes you're going to run into a buzzsaw. I get that. It is what it is. And, you know, when Tennessee's lost the few games they have so far this year, typically it's because the bats went cold, but also think about every other game they won almost. Right. And so I'm looking at it that way. And you're looking at it the other way. It just goes to show you that we have that much confidence in Tennessee on top to bottom, all the way around. Um, and that's a big reason why, obviously, they've been so good. And I'm sorry, you, you were talking there for a while, and you said Delusia, and I'm just sitting here like, please, please let Delusia pitch against Tennessee because, of course, we all remember <laughs> the comments he made. And he said those comments, and he was done, right? I mean, he didn't pitch the rest of the week yet. Gosh, I will never forget how stupid that was that night he said those. And, obviously, Tennessee made him pay the – made. Ole Miss pay the next day. Yeah, and, and what's funny is he went on to have a, a really solid season after that. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that that is funny. I would just be very surprised if he pitched against Tennessee because if, if you're Ole Miss, single elimination, they're, they're trying to fight to host, I believe, uh, a regional. Why would you not throw him in a single elimination game when he's your best arm? So I'd be very yeah. surprised if, if Tennessee faced him if Ole Miss won. Quite frankly, I, I think Tennessee beats either of those two teams for the, yeah, for the weekend as a whole or the week as a whole, well, I guess it will end up being a weekend, but for the SEC tournament as a whole, the, the teams that scare me are LSU and A&M. Uh, Arkansas, they're, they're struggling of late. Uh, their pitching is, is really dicey at, at the moment. Uh, A&M has, has really found something, and, and LSU can, can really swing it. I, I would be surprised if, it, if Tennessee – a&M or LSU don't win the SEC tournament. I'd be very surprised if it weren't one of those three teams. Yeah, I would too. And it's it's not going to be anybody out of the uh, you know the single elimination bracket for sure. It's just you're just you've got everything stacked against you, right? And I don't know. I mean, I'll say it, Ben. Like to me, I I I, I don't care. Like, sure, if you win this whole thing this weekend, it's going to be a crapshoot. Weather's going to be awful, jumbling in and out of the lineup in terms of get trying to get all your arms in there. It is what it is. I don't care if you win this tournament. Of course, Tony Vitello wants to win it. The players want to win it, and that's great. And I hope they go out there and they play well. What I'm more concerned on is getting everybody work, you know, getting Dickey in there, getting a couple of pinch hit ABs, getting the timing down, playing clean baseball, getting out injury-free. I mean, again, it, it, it's not nothing. It means something. You want to have a good showing. You want to win the tournament. I'm not discrediting that whatsoever. You saw the basketball team when it won in, in Tampa, you saw how much it meant to Rick Barnes. You saw how much it meant to that team. I mean, it means something. I, I understand. But still, at the end of the day, Ben, this doesn't matter, man. Next weekend matters. And so I just want to see them play clean, get everybody working, get out injury-free. Uh, let, let's see if Beck can start finding some holes a little bit, continue swinging it and raking it the way he is, but finding some green grass, stuff like that, more so than anything that where I'm saying, oh, well, 
if Tennessee doesn't win this tournament, it's going to be a disappointment because again, it's it's not because SEC baseball, college baseball, it's a sport and it's this, this conference. I mean, I understand the conference is what it is this year, but there's still a lot of good baseball teams here. I'm with you. Look, I, I want Tennessee to win the tournament. There, there, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Like it, it would be awesome to see them win the, the SEC tournament. That would be huge, but I'm also not going to be upset if, if they don't win it. Like I would be upset if, if they don't make it out of the regional or, or if they don't make it out of the super regional like that. That's when I'm really going to be upset because oh, yeah. the season's over, man. Mm-hmm. And I, I maintain even this week winning the regular season title is more impressive than winning the SEC tournament because all it takes for a team to win it is getting hot this weekend, and that could happen to anybody. So I, I certainly understand what, what you're saying. Same with there. basketball, too. Yep, 1,000%. Look, I, I love that Tennessee won the SEC basketball tournament. Who won the regular season title? Auburn. Yes, more impressive. Did did they split it with Arkansas? I think Auburn got it outright, didn't they? No, Auburn beats – Arkansas beat Auburn – I'll have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure Auburn was the number one seed in Tampa, so I would assume that they won it. Right. Um, but, it, it look, it's more impressive. Been a lot of baseball the since then. Been a lot of baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But, uh, I, I look, I maintain, even if Tennessee wins the, the regular season or uh, the, the tournament title this week, I, I still think that winning the regular season title because you had to do it for two and a half months is more impressive than winning the tournament title because all it takes is getting hot at the right time. You, you mentioned what – you wanted to see on the way out the door. I'll, I'll mention what I want to see. And I thought Tony Vitello summed it up perfectly for me when he was asked about it. Three words, play good baseball. That, that's all I want to see. That's all I want to see. If you lose, let it be because baseball got you. Not, not because of self-inflicted wounds. I, I don't want to see base running mistakes, which seems like they've cleaned up the, the last couple of games at least. I would like a, a bigger sample size before I begin to believe in it, but uh, no base running mistakes, play clean defense, uh, e- even the pitching and the hitting. Like I, me saying I want to see good baseball doesn't mean that Chase Dolander needs to go out there and, and throw a no-hitter. Uh, what I mean by that in terms of pitching is I don't want to see walks, which they have been good about all year long. I, I don't want to see walks. I don't want to see the offense swinging at stupid pitches that, that are balls. I, I don't want to see them chasing. I, I just – want to see good baseball in every aspect of the game. And and that's what will make me feel good about them going into um, the regionals next weekend. And I thought you brought up a good point as well. The, the weather and and who knows how, how crappy the, the weather makes this weekend become. I said it after the Kentucky series in hindsight, I, I thought that was more of a product of the circumstances with the weather than, than Tennessee and its long-term success. I'll be curious to see if we have any of those type of thoughts in hindsight after this weekend as well. But uh, Tony Vitello summed it up perfectly for me on, on Tuesday when he was asked what he wanted to see or, or what the goal was. And he just said, play good baseball. And, and that's exactly how I feel. Play good, fundamental baseball. And, and if you lose, let it be because it's like Chase Burns the other day. Every, everybody was mad when Chase Burns didn't get pulled soon enough. Well, the, the kid made a, a great pitch low and off the plate on the two-run double that gave Mississippi State the, the lead. Like the, the hitter just made a better swing than Chase Burns made a, a better pitch. So if, be if you get beat as a pitcher, let it be because of that. You made a great pitch. The guy put a better swing on it. Offensively. And again, he thing. was – I'll say this again. He was absolutely shoving through six innings. So why, why on earth would you take him out? His pitch count was fine. Anyway, go ahead. 
yes, but uh, there's always going to be the, the the armchair coaching. There, there's always going to be. So if you're a pitcher, get beat that way. If if you lose on the offensive end, let it be because you you were hitting the ball all over the park just right at people, and you just kind of ran into to some bad luck. Don't don't lose because you you played uncharacteristically and were just sloppy. I, I just don't want to see sloppy baseball. So Eric. Uh, it, it should be a fascinating week, uh, fascinating 24 to 48 hours. Interested to see how the weather plays out and, and when Tennessee eventually plays. And when they do eventually play, do they change the format of the tournament to make sure it all squeezes in? When will games be played? It, it'll be a fascinating week in Hoover. And you and I will be back with the good people at some point the day of Tennessee's first game in Hoover. Yes, I'm a, sign me up for good baseball but at this point ben i just want to see baseball and right now at the time of this recording we are not seeing baseball so anyway it's uh should be an eventful week any way you want to spend it looking forward to it man and looking forward to your coverage out there on the scene and of course linking up just about every day this week hopefully talking tennessee baseball absolutely stay locked into volquest.com you can follow me on twitter at ben mckee 14 for continuous updates you can follow eric kane as well on twitter at underscore canner there you go and uh and the great words of the great brent hubs enjoy your tuesday everybody